all a title. You know, in verse 18, the ones who are too wonderful. In verse 21, the one with the earthquakes. Verse 24, they're small. And now we've got three, yes, four stately things when they walk. So, 29 to 31. There are three things which are stately in their march, even four which are stately when they walk. The lion which is mighty among the beasts, and does not retreat before any. The strutting rooster, the male goat also. The king when his army is with him. Okay, now you can see that, can't you? Here are four stately, kind of royal kinds of things. You know, you imagine the lion uh, who doesn't back down from anyone. We think of a lion as being kind of the royalty of the jungle. And then uh, a strutting rooster. We always think kind of like a rooster kind of struts around and kind of, you know, royal in its uh, demeanor. Or... Um, the, the male goat, I don't know that I have so much experience with the male goat, but I'll take his word for that. And a king, when his army's with him, you know, can you imagine the king proudly leading the army into battle? Now, the question is, so? <laughs> you know, here's four stately things, what's the lesson in that? It's a little more challenging, isn't it? Anybody got a thought? Could it have something to do with the next verse, verse 32? If you have been foolish and exalting yourself, or if you have plotted evil to hand your mouth, like stop straightening yourself, putting your up? Could be. That's not my, uh, my tendency to think. I suspect this is a good thing. You know, and that what he's trying to say is just like these animals maintain their stately royal posture so the child of God ought to maintain an attitude that fits being a child of the king. You know, in other words, avoid, avoiding shameful, spiritually degrading things. We ought to be the kind of people who proudly serve God, not with personal pride, but that we are eager to show the light of Christ within us. We're eager, eager to show the qualities of our kingdom. That's what I would prefer, is saying we also ought to be like the king of the beast. We ought to be people who have a, a demeanor that fit our king. Not prideful, but righteous, virtuous, spiritual. And thus we walk in a way that suits people associated with the king. You can think about that one. This is hard. I mean, it's kind of interpretive. Uh, but, but it seems to me like that makes a good point and is reasonable from this. Avoid things maybe that spiritually degrade you. Comments and thoughts on that one? Chris? Uh, is it possible it goes with the next two verses? Well, maybe. It's the, I mean, that would be the opposite idea almost. Yeah. And, and it's a little hard for me to see that he is looking down on those four. Yeah. But, yeah, it could be. I mean, obviously we shouldn't be personally proud. So, you know, you'd have that as a contrast, if that's the way you wanted to take it, or as a parallel. See, I, like, I thought I liked the contrast he was making between the small things, like the ant and the uh, lizard. And those, and then he's going to go, well, there's these big ones that look like they're the mighty ones, but they're nothing compared to these small ones. And so I thought I was making this contrast and saying, you in your own eyes, like verse 32, you think you're all, all of that, but you should be like the ant instead of the lion. Okay. 
That, that's another way to look at it. That's, that's an interesting uh, approach when you connect it with what's before and after like that. So uh, I, I will not object to that. Other thoughts? All right, look at 32 and 33. If you've been foolish in exalting yourself, or if you've plotted evil, put your hand on your mouth. For the churning of milk produces butter, and the pressing the no and pressing the nose brings forth blood, so the churning of anger produces strife. Alright, so what's he saying you shouldn't do in verse 32? Exalt yeah. And if you have foolishly exalted yourself, or if you plotted evil, do what? Put your hand on your mouth. Meaning? Be quiet. Stop talking. Be quiet. Yeah, stop talking. Don't make bad matters worse. You know, if you foolishly exalted yourself, you already look stupid, you've already done some dumb things, don't try to get yourself out of it by talking. It's just going to dig the hole deeper. Or if you have plotted evil, you know, it's better to lose face and accept the consequences of your foolishness than to keep talking, trying to justify yourself, and it just turns into a snowball. You know, there are times, just quit saying anything. Just don't make it worse. You know, and it's so foolish when we exalt ourselves. And when we have, there's no way to get out of it. You know, just take your medicine and just walk away. You know, better to, to lose some face and not make it worse. Or certainly if you plotted evil, if you've been involved in the wrong thing, anything you do to try to explain yourself, to try to justify yourself, to try to shift the blame, it's only going to make it worse. Sometimes just be quiet and take your medicine. That's what I see in that, in verse 32. Thoughts or comments on that? Well, in verse 33, he's got some interesting figures, doesn't he? Churning the milk produces butter. That was really before my time. Uh, but I understand that's what happens. You know, you churn milk and the butter rises to the top. Isn't that about the way that's supposed to work? Anybody have any? Did you do any of that, Chris? Yeah. So how, what, what happens? You just kind of sh agitate the milk? Yeah, the cream. You just keep churning it or, yeah. Stirring it up? Stirring it rigorously and it, it will thicken and it actually clumps in the bottom. Okay. Yeah, but it'll form a real thick and then the, the rest of it, which is the milky stuff you pour off and then you pack the butter in a, in a ball. Okay. So put salt on it and it's really good. Well, <laughs> let's have a meal of butter. <laughs> yeah, to its own there. All right, or Pressing the nose brings forth blood. I guess that could be. You know, I mean, I'm assuming he's saying, like, you know, you start, I don't know, have you ever had like a, like a scab or something? What happens when you start picking at it? You'll probably bleed again. You know, or if you've had a nosebleed, you know, what happens if you start really messing with your nose? You had a nosebleed and you just, well, it's going to bleed some more. I mean, the best thing you can do is stop. You know, so the churning of anger produces strife. You know, things you stir up a lot, things you mess with a lot. You know, milk it'll produce butter, the nose it'll produce blood, anger it'll produce strife. Just quit arguing. 
just be quiet again. You know, what do we like to do in an argument? What do we want to have? The last word. You know, we want to be the one that gets in the last punch. Quit. Don't. There's no end to that. It just creates more strife. You know, and it's going to cause more trouble. There's a time just to walk away from the, from the discussion. You stir it up more, it'll just make it worse. People will say more and more aggressive, harsh, stupid things. And people won't speak to each other after that. You know, so don't churn it up. Don't churn the anger. I think that makes a good, good point. I think it's exactly right. There's a lot of times when if we didn't speak in anger, we wouldn't have the strife. Comments? Reminds me of the book of Job, <laughs> how throughout, if they had just stopped talking in the beginning, they wouldn't have gotten so off of the truth and so way out there. Yeah, that friendship ended up being uh, severely damaged, don't you think? Yeah, because they didn't know when to be quiet. It was probably a little bit before they started speaking. Other thoughts? Eric. It's interesting to think about it from another perspective that when there's perhaps strife within a local church somewhere, that one of the root causes is going to be anger. Yes. And people speaking in anger, acting out in anger. Anger doesn't do a lot of good. It's almost always is harmful. You know, James 1.20 says the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You know, human anger is not going to end up, you know, accomplishing some good. And the Bible speaks a lot against anger. You know, and, and man, lashing out and just venting. You know, I'm just upset. You know, I'm angry. I, I'm hurt. And I'm just going to tell what I think. Well, that's sure not going to help anybody. <laughs> you know, you're going to wish you hadn't. And everybody else is going to wish you hadn't too. And they're probably going to fight back. And... You know, it's, it's amazing. You take people, two people in an argument. Um, they can start out being best friends. They can end up being worst enemies. I don't know how this was in practical terms as far as how this came down. But, but this has been years and years ago. I knew of, of two families in a church that were super close. Sat on the same pew at church. They ended up from there on out, that was years ago, decades ago. No communication, no anything, separate churches, you know, just just totally destroyed the relationship. There were some things that had happened. But, you know, it's amazing how anger and strife can just totally, permanently destroy what was a close relationship. We, get, we need to preserve those things. Other thoughts? All right. Uh, chapter 31, change 